are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use that promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-15, and that'll get you 15% off your next order. Again, LOCKED15. Well, Ulysses, I figure it'd be a good way to sh- uh, start Monday's show, today's show, by just explaining how much fun we had on Saturday evening doing the yes. locker room platform. Honestly, to be frank, going in, I wasn't so sure about it. There were some technical difficulty issues at the beginning, but once you get the hang of it, it's like a, a live call-in radio show. It's a live chat all in real time. We can interact with our listeners. You don't have to send an email or a Twitter DM or whatever. You can hop on the line with us as we're recording, as we're broadcasting, as we're just having a conversation and man, it was a blast. And we had a lot of really good interaction. Jesus Colon, Siobhan, the Locked on Astros dudes kind of hijacked the show a little bit and wanted to talk Astros, which is fine. <laughs> we, we invite everybody. Zach Dab hopped on for a minute. So we are inviting, we're not really sure the next one we'll do, but our plan is to do one once a week. And we invite everybody to hop on and interact with us. It was really a good time. It was great. Honestly, it, it, it's, it's what uh, COVID has taught us. It's, you know, we miss interacting with people. We miss the the face-to-face, but there are technologies available that make it, you know, the, the next best thing. And locker room is that, you know, you get to interact with people, you get to share ideas, be, um, be funny, have a great conversation about the team that, that we all love. And it was great. Uh, like you said, it was a good time. I think we went uh, over 50 minutes and that yeah. was our first time. So I can't wait until when the season starts to get going and we actually start doing that every week where we get to have some yeah. fun talking about post-game, for example, after a Yankee series, after a walk-off win, we just do an impromptu locker room. I think that would be really, really cool. Although I will say, Kevin, just for scheduling reasons, I would really enjoy the post-games to be on Friday or Saturday evening yeah. when we don't have to wake up early the next day. <laughs> That's going to be have. I, I agree with you on that. I concur on all those fronts. And again, it's, it's free to sign up. It's free to register for, if you're like, what's this locker room thing. I think you could just check our Twitter and kind of go to our last couple of tweets and download it from there. But I think the big takeaway we came away through that 50 minute conversation or so is that um, again, one of our more dedicated listeners, Jesus, he lives in Orlando and we are trying to, cause he wants to try to get to more race games and it's mm-hmm. not easy to go to Pinellas County. It's not easy for anybody. To go to to go to uh, the trap, unless you pretty much live in St. Petersburg or Pinellas. But I think it, it just in talking to him, it just further exacerbated and confirmed my opinion that I would not be opposed to having a stadium in Lakeland. Split the difference between Tampa and Orlando, Polk County. 
I mean, you talk about being right smack dab in the center of everything. It borders nine counties, nine counties, Orange, Hillsboro, uh, Pasco, Manatee. I mean, those are pretty big ones right there. Osceola, I mean, for comparison's sake, Hillsboro borders four counties. Uh, Pinellas, I think, borders just one, Hillsboro. Yeah, so yeah. You're, that, you, you talk about that circumference and getting a, a – you know, casting a wide net, that might be the, might, might be the way to go. Put it off of I-4, get, get some Orlando folks and get some Tampa folks and, and so on. But the thing is, it doesn't even have um, the, the biggest disadvantage that I think it, Pinellas has is that, you know, the bridge, right? You have to go yeah. through the bridge to get there. There are so many ways that you could get to Lakeland. Yes, you could take I-4, but I mean, like, you can get to, to Lakeland without even using the highway. And if you're in the bordering cities, like you say, you probably know the area very well, too. And so there's a lot to like about that area. No, I, I do think that the stadium issue, even if it's not even Lakeland for 81 games, if you want to do the sister city concept, wouldn't it be cool to actually pick two sister cities like Tampa and Orlando, like, mm-hmm. uh, or St. Pete and Orlando, fine. Keep it, keep it for 40 or so games in, 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 in St. Pete, but then maybe give the Orlando uh, people uh, uh, something to go to. I, I don't know. I, 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 that I would think I, people would be more down uh, for yeah. the sister city concept, 40 St. Pete, 40 in Orlando, but you know. that, that's literally a sister city concept. You, yeah. Two major cities right next to each other, right in between. There's a lot of connections there. Yes. I mean, a lot of people from Tampa go to Disney World. A lot of people from Orlando come to Tampa for various reasons, the beaches and so forth. So I think it makes a lot of sense. Let's just get uh, Manford on the phone. Let's get Sternberg. Let's close this deal today. <laughs> Why not? I mean, I mean has let's anybody pitched him this idea? Like send Nobody. him an email or something. Let's, let's get it going here. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, it is a Monday, of course. So that means uh, our takeaways what we learned from the weekend other happenings in the world of baseball we'll get to all that but first we've got to tell you about a couple of our good friends like bet online betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action football may be over but the nba college basketball and nhl are in full swing bet online even covers awards tv shows and reality tv Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the absolute best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts, and oh yeah, use that promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N. Okay, Ulysses, uh, I got to be honest with you. I did not watch a ton or, quite frankly, a lick of baseball with the March Madness college basketball tournament going on, but I did stay up to date and and followed what was happening in baseball world. So I am curious to see if you watched any spring training games or just your your general takeaways from this past weekend in the world of, of ball and stick here. Well, you know, I didn't actually watch baseball, like you said, uh, as well. I don't, again, not, not hyped up to see spring training an 11 to one route against, uh, whoever it was, uh, the Braves, like, it doesn't matter again, yeah. it's spring training. I, I, you really don't care. So my first takeaway, 
uh, is something that will probably be very personal for the guy on the mound. Brent Honeywell uh, will be facing hitters, live hitters, in an actual game from the uh, for the first time since September 2017. This must be such a fantastic moment for for Honeywell. Um, years in the making, surgeries in the making, and for him to actually get this opportunity during the spring training in 2021 when we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, his his incredible live batting practice against his own teammates was getting a lot of uh, noise in social media and all that. We we said, awesome, but, you know, he's got to get in the game. Probably won't get in the game in spring training, and then he does. Uh, I, I think uh, Cash is doing right by Brent. If he's able to do it, why not right. give them give him this? It's 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 if he's able to do it against live batting, he could do it with guys wearing a different jersey. And he actually commented how that will feel like actual baseball. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's not the guys wearing the sunburst. You know, it's, it's no. a guy wearing a TC, a, a Boston Red. That means something, Kevin. I think that's huge. And they said what? He's only going to go like an inning or an inning and a mm-hmm. third. They're not, it's not like he's going out there. Okay, buddy. No. Let's get seven here. Let, let's see if we can get a complete game no. in spring training game. They're going to slow play this thing, but I do think it is absolutely important. Again, we, we just joked how meaningless spring training is in the records and such and some of the stat lines and everything like that. But I mean, spring training right now to Brent Honeywell, Honeywell means everything. It means the world for getting this opportunity. He's waited basically four years for something like this. Wasn't he on the, the taxi cab or the taxi squad? Yeah. Um, And he was probably just, just begging to get out there. And he knew probably he wasn't going to get the opportunity. It was more for the experience and being around a major league clubhouse. But now he's gone through a full spring training. He's gone through rehab. The reports seem to be good. He's throwing impressive live BPs, give him something like this. And I think, you know what, this is going to really build up some goodwill between cash and the rest of the teammates. And this could really be a great bonding moment because there's not a guy that's not, on Brent Honeywell's side right now. Everybody's going to be paying attention to that start. Everybody's going to be cheering him up. Even if he gives up three home runs in that one, so what? It's him getting out there, using his arm to throw a baseball, something he's been trying to do uh, after several surgeries and after several rehabs and, and after sitting on the couch for so long. This, this is huge for this guy, for sure. 100%. And you know what? Guys like Willie Adamas, Brendan Loud, they've played with him in AAA. So, you know, this is a big moment for a lot of uh, uh, of those guys in that clubhouse. So the, see them rallying around Brent Honeywell and his success towards being a, a major league pitcher. This is, I think, that camaraderie that you get from spring training. We've heard reports here and there how it doesn't feel the same because it, the clubhouse is kind of divided in the fact uh, right. of COVID protocols. And so like not everybody can be in the clubhouse at the same time. So that kind of takes away from that, the, the building of the relationships, the building of the camaraderie for, for a team during February and March for the rest of the season, you create those relationships there and then they take you um, through the rest of the season. We, they haven't gotten that much, but this could be that, you know, that rallying cry of look at how Brent uh, is on his way to the major leagues. I, th- I think it's fantastic. 
And it's good to do it now too, because I think more cuts are coming along and Brent Honeywell very well, not saying that he won't get an opportunity at the big leagues at some point, whatever role it may be, whether it's a starter or an opener or a bulk guy, but he could be that next guy on the chopping block because he hasn't had or seen any action. So giving him this before it's like, well, sorry, we just ran out of time. We can't, right. you know, we wish we could have squeezed you in the timing just no. didn't work. So it's like, no, let's get this out of the way. Let's let him, Give him this thing, and then if he gets cut afterwards, again, it's just a temporary thing. You'll be back. Get keep keep grinding at the. At least this gives him something to like. Man, I really miss being on the mound, even though yes. it was just a spring training game. Meaningless as it is, I, this is what I want to do. So I'm going to work damn as hard as I can to get back there at AAA, at AA, at the alternate site for the next month, month and a half, however long it is. Which brought me to thinking it's when guys have so such special stuff in, in the minor leagues and they're a, a very high draft pick or whatever it was, they had a, a great signing bonus, a guy like Brendan McKay, for example, is it fair to say that if Brendan McKay doesn't make the opening day roster next year, that would be kind of disappointing. It, it's yeah. been a while. So Honeywell, you know, you've got the, the, okay, the surgeries, the multiple surgeries. So you understand like, Oh man, it's been it's been a rough go. Brandon is getting getting slowed uh, down again because of the rehab, but it just seems like some guys are going to take a dent in their value if they just don't have that normal progression. And uh, I hope Brandon McKay is healthy uh, as uh, as early as he can be for the 2021 season. But in 2022, if he doesn't make the opening day roster, it, I think it'll be disappointing in another way than Brent Honeywell. It's a little bit different because the injuries, you know, have that big asterisk that says, Hey, look, the guy can't play injured. Right. But if you don't make the opening right day roster being a, a high draft pick after three, four years, and you're a college guy, it just seems like, you know, there, there's been a slowdown process there. Yeah. After so much hype and everything that surrounded Brendan and the fact that look next year, you're going to have, three arms coming off the roster and probably not returning. So that would theoretically open up a spot or two for you. I don't think Rich Hill's coming back. I don't think Michael Walker's coming back. I don't think Chris Archer's coming back. Who knows? Maybe they are. But as of right now, they're not penciled in. It's not like they've got guaranteed spots for 2022. So the idea is that, okay, these next 12 months, these next 10 months, this is your chance to work back and you should be circling opening day 2022. You should be circling that 26-man roster 2022 to get back there. And who knows, maybe we'll see him get some action with the bat and and so forth. But um, it's definitely encouraging about Brent Honeywell for sure. And look, these guys still, I mean, they're still, what, 25 years old? So there's still a lot of time there. A lot of guys don't make their debuts till after then. It's it's still amazing. Like, you would think if I was to, like, what is Brent Honeywell's age? You'd think he'd be 30 by now after all that he's gone through. (laughs) And it probably feels like he's 30 with the life experiences and the challenges and all the maneuvers that he's had to make with that. So good for him, wishing him the best success and really encouraged, uh, really want to see that that screwball of his. Some Can't wait. Yes. Everybody talks about, and who knows, maybe if he has success, he, he can look, I think him being through that experience. Yeah, it sucks, but it also can be, you know, maybe Brent Honeywell needed a little bit of a reality check. We, we know about the spat that he and Chris Archer had mm-hmm. a couple years ago where, you know, Brent thought he was the SH, you know what? And Archer <laughs> was like, cool down, dude, you're 
just a rookie. You haven't even seen the show yet. And I think Brent Honeywell going through this experience, maybe he's got a new perspective and a new lease on life and, and baseball and how fleeting it can be. So I think yeah. that's a big thing as well. So I think, uh, we, I think we all get those right uh, through yeah. our life. We get our little wake up calls that, that could have been his. And let's see what happens in 2021. If he's successful, I, I think then it, he's all better for it. Uh, is that uh, your big takeaway? Anything else from the I weekend? I want to say one little thing more about your boy, Cody Reed. Uh, he has been nothing short of outstanding during spring mm-hmm. training, looking healthy and effective. In his four outings, he has retired all 12 hitters he has faced. Um, I know I'm pulling from a boy, Brian Moran, and I still am. Uh, but Cody Reed might take that role from the left side. Uh, if we do some quick math here, the rotation is set. We all know the five glass, Yarbs, Archer, Hill, and Waka. The bullpen, we've got our locks, Anderson, Castillo, Fairbanks, Thompson, McHugh, and Reed, I think, are the six locks. They, that, that would mean that there are about three spots left in the bullpen. That could go for Fleming. That could go for Richards. Could go for Chaz Rowe. I know he has a wonky shoulder uh, or elbow, I think Cash said, but he, he's working on it. Could Brian Moran get one of those three spots? I think so. I'm still pulling for him. But Cody Reed is definitely, uh, I think, becoming a lock uh, in, in that bullpen for, uh, for, for Kevin Cash. He's got a great shoe game too. He's apparently like the yes. new Blake Snell with the sneakers. <laughs> yes. He's got shoe some head. Jordan yeah. cleats on. And everything like that. And um, I don't know, did you mention Chris Mazza or Jeffrey Springs there? Because those could be two those other guys. Because the situation, yeah. as much as you love Brian Moran, somebody's got to come off the 40-man roster and are the Correct. risk prepared to do that and work with that. Uh, and if they feel like, look, Cody Reed, like when he first made his appearance with the Rays, we were like, wow, where'd this guy come from? This guy's yes. got some nasty stuff. And then he had the blister issue and we, we didn't see much of him. We saw about an inning and a third it. and that was it. But <laughs> it, it was something where we would like to see more of this guy. It wasn't like, yeah. he, look, he's got a profile. I think that absolutely could work. Um, and, and I think, yeah, after what he's done this spring and after all the, the positive words that have been said about him, he's, he's definitely destined for a spot. So, so you see about three spots that are open left on the pitching staff as of right now. If we, if they go with 14 pitchers, if they go with 14 yeah. pitchers, then there are three Reed makes that lock and he's going to be working. They said multi innings. So he yeah. could show up there and, and throw a two innings and, and that would be his, his regular work uh, um, out there. But obviously in the situation where you only need him to throw an inning, he'll throw an inning too. It yeah. doesn't have to be a multi inning every time, but I think, yeah, three spots. So who do you want guys who can cover innings or spot starters uh, that can cover three, four innings? If so, then Fleming and Richards definitely, you know, uh, have that mold. Do you want yeah. Chaz Rowe with his veteran, uh, you know, experience in that bullpen and he has been successful and he's got a pitch that everybody would die for that slider so that has been very effective so Rowe seems to be a lock if he's healthy so three spots yeah. and and i think that's that's the biggest thing i think that's happening in the opening day everything else i think is set it's that bullpen who who is going to round out that pitching staff you could see kittridge earn a spot too. There you that go. Be another yeah. guy to consider. A lot of options. With that. Yes. A lot of options. That's a good thing. It's a yeah. good thing rather than saying, man, we don't have anybody. So we're going to have Kevin, to Kevin, I need you to warm up. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, I need you to go down to Poor Charlotte. Situ- Brasso, give us a couple. 
<laughs> we can't just mercy rule this thing. Let's go. Uh, okay. Uh, we have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is, of course, the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. I said it, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now the company is doing a pretty cool thing. Uh, they are doing sort of their own March Madness-esque deal, trying to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is coconut versus birthday cake. So if you like either of those flavors or both of them, and maybe one just a little bit more, you can go vote and check it out and check out the whole bracket at BuiltBar.com or at bar underscore built on Twitter. And in the meantime, remember to use that promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will ultimately become the best tasting protein bar. Okay, Ulysses, my takeaways. Uh, one of these things, you know, we might have to save this for Tuesday's show or an episode later this week because um, you bring up an interesting question about whether the Rays will have 13 pitchers and position players or 14 and 12, 12 and 14 with G-Man Choi beginning the season on the injured list. I'm going to come back to that. I'm not going to spoil that as of right now. But um, one thing that kind of piqued my interest and caught my eye. So I don't know if you saw, but uh, Mark Topkin reported that Chris Archer is open and okay mm -hmm. with working behind an opener. That was something that he wasn't as happy about, I guess, Enthused. when he was, yeah, when he was, uh, you know, more of a pronounced name with the race. But when I read this article, I thought, yeah, I, I sure the hell hope so. The Rays are paying you six and a half million dollars you had outlet syndrome surgery in 2020. You were disastrous in 2019. 2019 was so bad for you. You had a 519 ERA. You gave up 25 homers on 120 innings. You gave up four home runs to the Braves in one single inning. Look, as we love Archer as much as the next set, but you're not, you're not Verlander. You're not Granky. You're not Kershaw. You should do what the team tells you to do and puts you in the best position for success. And you should be at the point in your career and I think he acknowledges and agrees with this now that you, you've made your money for the most part. Now it's like the Joe Madden five stages of baseball play. Now all you want to do is win. And you should do whatever the team tells you and, and thinks is the best modus operandi to do that. And they've, they've had a history of, of being very successful with the opener strategies and working their pitching staffs. And, and I was like, well, I, if, if, I would say that would be a big red flag if he wasn't okay with pitching behind an opener. I'm sure yes. that's a conversation that Eric Neander and the coaching staff had with him before, before we give you this six and a half million dollars after your last two disastrous years. Um, yeah. You're, you're going to do what we tell you to do. If it's pitching three, if, it, if you're, if we're told to, if you're told to be a bulk guy, you should shut up and be happy about it because you're getting paid. I, I thought his career was done for after he got, dropped by the pirates after Heavy. they outed him you're you're talking about two horrendous years but 2018 was a was lower than his career averages too so i mean the, yeah. the, it's it's been a minute he's been on the slides exactly he's been on the slides since 2018 people so that's three years uh i also read the article and i also had the same 
thought of, well, you know, it's funny that they are now getting this type of article out. Archer is down for the opener. It just seems like an odd thing to read on March 20th when that should have been uh, an article, I think, should have been written the day after he signs. Right. And said he's down for the opener because that just kind of tells me that the conversations could have started, yeah, from the beginning of, of signing, but with a big emphasis lately, like, hey, this is how we're going to use you. We're going to get you some relief appearances during spring training and maybe... You know that 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 got the ball rolling for the media, maybe, but it just seemed odd. It read it, it read odd to me as well because yeah. he better be. I mean, he better be. Uh, I we we've talked about how if you keep Archer limiting to two times through the order, uh, it might that be after an opener opener or not? That would be the best thing uh, for the race to do with Chris Archer. You don't yeah. have to. You don't have to put him out there for seven innings. He's not that guy anymore. Don't don't let him right. be a guy like that. If you can do three, four innings uh, stints, keep him healthy. That would be great. But yeah, it it read odd to me that they were making a big deal out of this. Like, yeah, he better be. I mean, he he yeah. he, he knows it works. And uh, well, you're just coming off not so great year, so right. you probably want to listen to the people that have the data and that can put you in a situation to succeed. And if you can get those numbers, whether it's behind an opener, however it double opener, if you're if you put up the numbers at the end of the day, then you can get paid with somebody else on your next contract too. It, it yeah. also gets me to thinking if maybe the Rays also at some point use openers for Michael Walk and Rich Hill. That absolutely could be heck. They, they, they might even use them with our yard, bro. Tyler glass now be maybe the only guy they won't use an opener with <laughs> at this point. And you know, if you're Chris Archer, you got to be thinking, you know, these guys know what they're talking about. I'm going to play to my strengths and there's, there's other guys on the come up. So one wrong move. And I know he's making six and a half million dollars, but your role later on in the season, if you're struggling, if you're pitching like you did with the pirates in 2019, um, your role could be de-emphasized. If, if, Shane McClanahan's dealing at AAA. If, if somebody mm-hmm. else is dealing, if Luis Patino is throwing gas or whatever it may be, or, or, or Josh Fleming is, is coming out of the woodworks there. So that was just something that it got me head scratching a little bit. Hey, we might have to uh, take up the timing of these articles up with the Tampa Bay Times editorial board, maybe send in a complaint <laughs> to uh, Topkins bosses and like, I, you know, I'll they, they got to have something to, to write about and some content there. But yeah. um, I, I just thought it was like, well, yeah, just put the headline and, and say, done. No need to write like five, uh, 600 yeah. words here. We're, we're good with that. <laughs> um, the other thing, and again, I, I think um, I, I don't want to, the Choi the discussion, I think we can save for later, but I just thought this was funny. Um, and I don't know if you saw this, but Wander Franco, do you know what car he is driving right now? A Rolls Royce that only starts at three hundred and thirty thousand yeah. dollars. A twenty twenty Rolls Royce Coulinan, I guess SUV. I didn't even know Rolls Royce made SUVs. I knew Bentley Me made SUVs. I knew Mercedes made SUVs. But yes, you say that starts at three hundred thirty thousand. So that's the stock price. Something yeah. tells me Wander Franco probably isn't getting the stock price. He's getting the no. four hundred, four hundred twenty five, four hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yes. Uh, before this, do you know what he drove? A Lamborghini, right? Yes. So 
That's two cars that he spent probably about 750, uh, 750K on, and I'm sure he leases it, and I'm sure he's got some kind of situation. But I just want to grab his shoulder and say, bud, the signing bonus money only goes so far. Okay? Yes. It wasn't like an $8 million signing bonus. It was a three, $3.5 million signing bonus. But on the other hand, I'm saying this guy is so probably confident and assured in his ability that he will at some point get a nine figure deal. He will have Acuna money, Tatis money somewhere in the middle that he's like, look, I, I know I'm going to be set and secure. I'm sort of already secure now, but I'm going to be really, really secure in the future. But I'm just saying, Franco, let, no more cars, no more cars until you get Kevin. a long-term contract. What's wrong with a G wagon? That, that's a hundred. That's, that's a fourth of the price, a third of the price of the Rolls Royce. I, I'm sorry. I, the, the economics I, is coming out of me. The, the accounting fun, classes from USF are, yes, are getting to me right now. I know. And I was there right there with you in those classes. And you know that it's just itching at me as well. You know, as a 20, as a 20 year old, I 100% understand where he's coming from because yeah. as a 20 year old, if you play the game with your buddies, Oh, if you get a million dollars, what would you do? Most of the answers are going to be cars because we're dumb because we're right. dumb as 20 year olds. So Wander Franco, as exceptional as he is on the, uh, on the field, he has that 20 year old in him that wants the fancy cars. And I also want to grab him by the, by the shoulders and say, young buck, this is not the way we do this. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is not the way we spend $330,000 at least. But look, um, on the contrary, I think that should be uh, an orange flag, not a red flag, not, not a yellow mm. flag, an orange flag in the sense of, okay, um, this kid is going to want as much money as he is worth, right? right? The Rays need to pounce on that long-term deal as quickly as possible because the moment that he gets to be a major league player, he is going to say, I'm going to wait out free agency. I'm going to wait it out. I'm going to wait for arbitration and get paid every cent that I need to be paid. So the, the more that the Rays wait to get this long-term deal with him, the more expensive it's going to get. So when should the Rays fans be scared right. <laughs> that he hasn't gotten a, a, a deal? Is it you know, before he even makes his debut? Is it the the offseason after he makes his debut? Probably this offseason? I, I, I don't know. But I want to see that long-term deal today, if it's possible. Because uh, a guy that's spending this amount of money wants his and should get his. But I want him to get his wearing a Tampa Bay Rays uniform and not something else. Conspiracy theory. The Rays want him to buy as many luxury cars as possible so he runs out of all of his signing bonus money and therefore his hands are tied behind his back so he has to sign a team-friendly contract extension hey we know you need an advance how's a 40 million over eight years sound that good can we go ahead and sign go ahead and get it over with you can buy a couple more rolls royces with that there we go that That that's a long kong I like yeah. it. That's a long con. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe. I, mean, I don't know. But look, if the signing bonus was three, three and a half mil and he's almost burnt uh, at least a mil. 
yeah. Uh, by now, you know, yeah, maybe maybe the the, the chicken is uh, coming home to roost, right? That, that's how the refrain yeah. goes. So something tells me that um, it, it's so funny because he hasn't played above a ball, and he probably, I would venture to guess, in that parking lot, spring training parking lot, he has the nicest car. Now, one hundred percent, he has the yeah. nicest car. Who's got a nicer car than he does? Ryan Yarbrough? No. Ryan Yarbrough yeah. does, is not spending three hundred. 30,000s uh-uh, on a Rolls Royce. No, no Kiermaier, no, Kiermaier probably drives a GMC Yukon and is perfectly happy with it. Kiermaier has the most yeah. money of everybody on that yes. team. And by the way, I, I did look this up. So I, I, I just assumed the Rolls Royce, the, the Coulinion is a, is a piece of junk because it only gets 12 miles to the gallon in the city. I'm like, well, what, what, what does that do? What that a Hyundai Palisade can't do. Yeah. I mean, those have heated seats and a digital dashboard. Yeah. I mean, yeah, come don't on. You want the sunroof? Don't the sunroof? Yeah. I don't, does the Rolls Royce have the sunroof? Wander, come on. Can it make me a bowl of cereal as I'm, you know, yeah. in self-drive as I'm, I'm trying to, you know? Uh, but that uh, final thing here that also got me thinking about which Rays major leaguer, which current player has the most like unassuming car, has like the most like you see them driving around town and it's like uh, yeah, just an average Joe. Like yeah. oh, this guy drives a, a beaten up you know, Tundra or whatever it is. And I was thinking, I'm going to throw one name out here. And there's a lot of guys, which probably speaks to the Rays kind of unselfish nature. And they're just yeah. not a lot of Chrome to these guys. Like I, I had trouble narrowing it down, but I could see Rich Hill driving like a 2004 Toyota Tacoma. That's got a hundred thousand miles on it, but I'm sure there's other <laughs> candidates as well that probably drive cars that, that you don't think are owned by major league baseball players. You know, I think it was in 2010, they had an interview with Longo. And uh, one of the questions was, who drives the car that uh, sticks out in the parking lot in a bad way? And I remember Longo saying, honestly, it's the honor. It has to be the honor because he's driving a Honda Civic and he really honestly shouldn't have to be driving yeah. a Honda Civic. I always kept that in mind. It's like, how many ball players are like, no. This is now where I'm going to be spending my money in a car. I'll drive a Honda Civic and yeah. I'll actually have a really nice house. So I'll put it away in investments or something like that. Uh, it would be really cool. So that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good theory yeah. there. Uh, hopefully it, it comes true and, and they can sign Wander uh, for a long time. But yeah. uh, look, that has to come uh, the sooner the better because it's going to get more expensive the, 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 long, the longer they wait to sign Wander. Yeah. Uh, that'd be nice. Like I, I was thinking, like Brasso, Wendell, maybe Nick Anderson might have. Ooh, Nick even, Anderson would have like a pickup truck, you know. I think a lot of guys have pickup trucks. Like Chaz Rowe definitely has a pickup truck, but 100%. I feel like he has more of a, a souped-out one. He's doing a lot of, a lot of work. A and, subwoofer. And a of, yeah, yeah, he's got a lot of things going on there. But yeah, if you're in, if you're in Port Charlotte and you see a Rolls Royce SUV driving down That's the road. Venture to guess, it's it's most likely ninety nine point nine 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 percent Wander Franco. Heck, I, I I almost guarantee that Stu Sternberg does not have a car that costs that much. No, I probably. Oh not. my gosh. Yeah, I know. It's, it, as soon as I read that, I was like, "This has to make it into the pod." That is. Go ahead and sell that thing. Oh first. my god, Wander, yeah. Wander, Wander. Uh, anyway, okay. To, uh, to be, wait, Kevin, to be twenty years old and have millions of uh, uh, available, right? I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's well, a kid's that's the thing. He's not going to if he keeps buying these three hundred forty thousand dollar cars or whatever it is. Oh my goodness. Okay. All right. Uh, that wraps up this edition of the Locked On Rays podcast. 
Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of the Locked On Today podcast. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we'll talk to you on Tuesday.